הרי אני מקשר את מין לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שבדורנו לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שאוכנה עפרה הקדוש שמשבר ארצם במשחל רבנו הקדוש צדיק יסוד עולם נחמן נובם וכוח חוכמה רבנו נחמן ונפגן נא נחמן נחמן מאומן זכותם תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן תודה רבה שם 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 תודה חצות לילה, מידנייט, I get up להודות לך, to thank you, השם, על משפטי צדקך, over your just, your just laws, your laws of justice. אוקיי. This is the first Torah where Rabbi Nud is going to speak about חצות. עניין החצות. And uh, give us the details of what חצות is, which is a חידוש, because um, um, most people say חצות, we're going to see, is a different time than what Rabbi Nud is saying, but here Rabbi Nud, tells us that he knows the Chatzot and the Shamaim, the exact time of Chatzot, and obviously this is very significant, because Moshe Rabbeinu, even Moshe Rabbeinu says, um, um, with regard to Paro and taking the Jews out of Egypt, that around midnight I'm taking them out, but David Amelach writes, at Chatzot, Chatzot Lailahakum, Meaning, directly at Chatzot I get up. So there's an inyan with why Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know the exact hour, why David Amirach knew, etc. And all this stuff, Chabi Natan gets into. But um, here Rabbeinu is going to tell us the, um, the exact hour of Chatzot, which is a huge chidush. Chatzot hu mesugal kemo pidyon. Chatzot midnight, or waking up at midnight, and doing tikkun rachet, tikkun ayah, etc. is effective kemo pidyon, just like a redemption. for waking up Chatzot and doing the Inyan of Chatzot is sweetening judgments. Or the time of Chatzot is an aspect of sweetening judgments. Ki Tzedek Dina. Because we know the word Tzedek, which means just, justice, is an aspect of Din, judgment. Mishpat and laws, Rachame, is an aspect of mercy. As we see in the verse, Mishpetet Tzitkecha, Rabbeinu is bringing it apart from what we know uh, in the Zohar HaKadosh. And in the Zohar, it brings over there this idea that... Um, Tzedek is Din, and Mishpat is Rachamim. And this is what it says, Al Mishpetet Tzitkecha, that um, in the verse, Al Mishpetet Tzitkecha, over your just laws, <coughs> meaning what? Shetzedek gover al Mishpat, that we see Al Mishpetet, that over Mishpat is Tzitkecha, your justice. So we see that Tzedek is always, um, meaning, Hainu Shetzedek gover al Mishpat, meaning when Tzedek is trying to overpower Mishpat, Meaning when Din is trying to overpower Rachamim, what's the rectification to try to bring Rachamim over Din? Which is to get up at Chatzot, as David Amirach writes. So the verse is telling us over there that whenever um, Tzedek is over Mishpat, meaning when Din is over Rachamim, when Din has more strength than Rachamim, get up at Chatzot. And the main time, the essence of Chatzot is always Six hours after nightfall. And what this means is, whenever Tzedek Kochavim is calculated for that night, you count exactly six hours. Not halachic hours, but Rabbeinu is telling you 60 minutes times six. So if, uh, let's say, Chatzot is at, uh, let's say Tzedek Kochavim is at 6.45, then uh, Chatzot is exactly 12.45. Six hours exactly. Hen pagayit ben... Whether it's winter or summer, and then that is the actual time that Chatzot begins. And this main time of Chatzot continues until the end of the second watch, which means what? Two hours. So the Rabbanu telling us that if Tzedek is 6.45, 
the chatzot, the main time of chatzot is 12.45 to 2.45. And that's the main time a person should get up. And obviously a person can continue to do tikkun rachel, tikkun And you can even do tikkun until um, there's a little bit of light outside. Um, and until basically at um, Mudashachar. But Rabbanu uh, is telling us the main time chatzot is those two hours. And Rabbanu tells us in the morning, after a net or after praying in the morning, it's good to look at the Shamaim. And through this, it's good to, and through this, it's a, you're, you're able to draw down this concept of that consciousness. Look in the parashat of Zohar, parashat Beshalach, over there, explains this idea of looking at the Shamaim. And through looking at the Shamaim, you bring down that. So maybe I have the merit to wake up Chatzot. Torah Kuf Nun, Demut Deyokno Shel Aviv Ra'a. That um, I believe when Yosef was being tested with Eshet Potiphar, um, when Yosef was being tested in the house of Paro with the wife of Potiphar, and she tried to seduce him, he immediately saw the countenance of his father and then did not decide to, he decided not to partake in the sin. He ran away. So, as brought down in the Gemara Sotan, Midrash Tanchuma, that he saw the, the mut de yokno shel aviv He saw the, the image, the countenance of his father. So, who davar nistar me'od? Rabbeinu tells us this is very mysterious. Ech admut nitra'eh How is it that a person's countenance appears and yet he doesn't know? Meaning, how is it the fact that Yosef saw Yaakov, but Yaakov didn't even know that he appeared to Yosef? It's a very strange inyan. How Yosef saw Yaakov, but Yaakov didn't even know that he was there. Because it's certain that Yaakov did not know. Because we still knew that Yaakov did not know whether Yosef was alive. And the great value or the level of this test. The, the level of the test of Yosef, even though he saw the countenance of his father, even though we think that because he saw his father, he would be discouraged from the sin. Nonetheless, Rabban was telling us, the test is so high. There are things that are concealed and hidden from the eyes of a person, from people. In another Torah, Rabbeinu tells us that the Inyan, or the test of Yosef, we cannot understand at the physical plane at all, meaning that the test wasn't a test of physical desire at all because Yosef was already above this. It was a test of dinim, of judgments, of supernal judgments and how to sweeten them. But uh, what this means is very, very deep and only a person there can really understand what we're talking about. Torah Kufnun Aleph. Segula lezera shel kayama. Rabbanu is going to give us a segula, something propitious to um, have seed that can eventually end up having a kid, meaning not seed that uh, that uh, doesn't get used, meaning that uh, your seed can lead in Bezrat Hashem to, to having children. So Rabbanu tells us, Shemru Shnehem Ha'ish Ve'ishto Kodem Azivu Parashat Uvrashe Chodshachem. Rabbanu tells us that if a person wants to have children, that the seed is maintained and fulfilled, that both the man and the wife, before that they, they get together in union, they should say the parasha of Rashechem in Bamidbach Havchet. In chapter 28 of Bamidbach, um, the chapter of Uvrashechem on your new moons, the idea of Rosh Chodesh. Vechen, and so too, Kshatino whenever a baby is sick, Chad Veshalom. God forbid, your tells us also when a baby is sick, also read this. Both the man and his wife um, to be able to heal this baby. Now Rabbi is going to explain why. Me'orot, the word me'orot 
is missing a vav. If you spell the word me'orot, it has two cholems, um, basically, two dots. But it doesn't have vavs over there. Mem alef resh tav. But usually you're supposed to have two vavs. Or one vav. Me'orot uh, over there. After the, um, I believe after the resh, if I'm not mistaken. But nonetheless, they're supposed to be above there. And it's spelled without a vav. And we know that it's missing the vav. And by the way, this verse is from Bereshit. Uh, Perek Aleph, Pasuk Yudalet. It's missing uh, the vav over there. And uh, Rabbeinu is telling us that that the letter Vav is the life force of every single thing. It brings life to something. The same is true of Kalot Moshe. In Bamidbar chapter 7, um, Kalot Moshe, when it says Moshe finished, that over there Kalot is also missing a Vav after the Lamed. Instead it has a dot over there. But it's missing a Vav. It's brought in the Zohar Vayechin, Zohar Parasha Pinchas, that these words are missing Vavs. Rabbeinu teaches us that the reason why these words are missing vav, are missing a vav is because actually this is a secret of the blemishing of the moon. That from the blemish of the moon, the pgam in the moon, from the lack of the moon, that's why the vav is lacking in those words. So let's see how it's connected these words to the moon and what the idea is here. Um, and this lacking, um, the pigiman, the rabana, this blemish in the moon or the lacking of the vav, lacking of the life force, is, which is why this outbreak of this certain sickness happens in children. Which is Rabban, why Rabban will tell you whenever your baby is sick um, to read this inyan. Because it's a certain healing for this sickness uh, that occurs within uh, children. Kiyavav, um, I don't know what the sickness is called, but. Um, have to look over there. The Vav is the life force of every single thing. Rabbeinu tells us, as brought in the Zohar Bereshit. And this is why a lacking in a Vav, and when it's, a word is missing a Vav, it's lacking chiyut, lacking life force, lacking vitality. And from there, this concept of a lacking Vav, a missing Vav, that the death of small children occur. And what's the lacking in the Bible? We know it's the idea of a blemished moon, as we explained earlier. And we see that the me'orot, the luminary, the word luminary, which is referencing the moon, is missing above. We see that the blemish in the moon, is that at the beginning of time, Hashem blemished the moon with the idea of making the moon small, not making the moon the size of the sun, etc. This is the blemish in the moon, meaning that the moon is lacking also this concept of above. But on Rosh Chodesh, Ramanu tells us, which is whenever Hashem decides to, to do teshuvah, as if to say that Hashem Himself does teshuvah over the fact that He made the moon small. And that we too, because Hashem does teshuvah, He's teaching us that we too can do teshuvah. We can fix the blemishing of the moon. Rabbanu tells us Rosh Chodesh that on the new moon begins the moon to complete and to be, to be completed and to be, to be rectified. Meaning the blemish of the moon becomes filled. That it's no longer blemished. On Rosh Chodesh, because on Rosh Chodesh is when the moon reaches the epitome of its blemish and it's lacking. And then immediately after Rosh Chodesh begins its rectification and its filling, meaning Rosh Chodesh is the point when the moon is in its smallest place. So we see here that Rosh Chodesh is the beginning, the commencement 
of actually the filling of the moon. And this is why it's brought in the verse where we're going to connect everything that we said above. Kalot. When it says Moshe finished that, it says over there it's missing above. Rabban was telling us Kalot is an acronym for the phrase Kapara in atonement lechol toldotam, sorry, to all their offspring. Meaning on Rosh Chodesh, Rabban was telling us that the aspect of Kalot Moshe that Moshe finished this aspect of kalot, when it's missing above, is being rectified in Sweden. Because kalot is obviously lacking life force, but on Rosh Chodesh is the sweetening of that blemish. Because kalot Moshe also represents the aspect of the moon, because the moon is also blemished, and kalot is also missing above, which means it's also lacking life force. And what is kapara lechol um, In atonement for all the offspring, this is Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh is the time to atone for all um, Am Yisrael. And from the aspect of Kalot Moshe, which is this blemish in the moon, as we saw above, this is from where the commandment, commencement, the beginning of Kapara Lechol Dodotam begins, meaning the atonement for all of their descendants. That on Rosh Chodesh, atonement, slicha, forgiveness, and sweetening occurs to all the descendants of Israel, to all the children of Israel. that should be drawn upon us um, good and long life. And this is why reading the parasha of Rashi Chodeshem, the parasha of Rosh Chodesh, which is brought in Bamidbar, um, chapter Chavchet, is a segula, is propitious to having children, as we see here. Um, a kapara for all their offspring, meaning that you should get offspring, and from the blemish of the moon, um, which is this outbreak of this sickness in these children, that actually on Rosh Chodesh is the beginning of healing this sickness, healing um, the fact that we lack in children, etc. And Rabban was giving us this segula for both of those things, for healing these um, sicknesses within children, and also um, that a person who can't have kids should have kids. And Bezat Hashem, final Torah, Kuf Nun Bet, Rabbeinu tells us, Torah 152, When a holy neshama, a holy soul, comes down to the world, together with its related branches, Then the evil forces, the husks, the klipo, the shells, try to surround this soul and all its branches. Rak nishar petach neged the only thing that remains from this surrounding is one opening facing faith, emunah. That with regard to emunah, there's an opening. That facing emunah, this concept of faith, the, the entrance is, uh, the, the door is open, basically. That the yetzara or the klipa, the evil forces surround this neshama, but there's one opening to leave that uh, surrounding, and that's emunah. But because of the blemish within the branches of this neshama, they throw them from there. Meaning what? They throw these souls or these branches from emunah, from faith, so that they can't, so that they should not be able to enter. Meaning to return back to their root. Which is the initial soul we brought down. So basically, Rabbeinu tells us, that one soul comes into the world, and there's branches, there are related souls that come down with this neshama. 
And the, the entire point of those branches or those related nishamot that are that its root is this holy nishama is so that it can return back to its holy nishama to go back to its source. But the issue is the yetzara or the klipa surrounds this holy nishama so that the other nishamot, the other branches, cannot attach itself to its source. But the only opening is emunah. So what is the entire goal of the yetzara to try to make these other nishamot fall in faith so that it cannot find its way back to its back to its home? Because sometimes they up there cast down a person from Emunah, from faith. This re- resembles exactly what the Chachamim say in the, in the Zohar Kadosh, about the Holy Land. That it says over there, this idea with regard to those dead people that aren't fitting to be buried in the land of Israel. It's brought down in the verse, I believe in Yermiah, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, it says over there, they came, they desecrated, they, they, uh, they made impure, my land, and my inheritance, they made despicable, etc. So we see this idea that over there it brings in the Zohar, with this regard to this verse, that there are nishamot that aren't meriting to be buried in Teret Yisrael. And this is a fallen emunah. And behold, the ceiling of this opening, or this door, this entrance, this entrance of emunah, we said, because that's the only way back for these branches to go back to their soul, through that holy soul. So we see that what? That the ceiling of the opening comes through the blemishing the branches, in the branches, because the Yetzirah tried to bring down those branches so that it cannot get back to its holy to their holy source. Rabbeinu tells us that the closing of this door is only for a moment. But afterwards, the door is open as if, um, since like, like it was at the beginning, when it came down. Meaning at the time when, it's, when they need to throw out outward the one who's not fitting to come close, then the, the evil force which surrounds that holy soul, which has an opening facing faith, then what happens? That klipa surrounds and gains strength and comes close and spreads its way over the opening that we just mentioned. And then all those those neshamot that are, or those branches that are not worth, or those people, those klipot that are not worthy, or those people basically, um, that are not worthy to get close to this soul, they throw out the klipa. So Rabbeinu tells us, the opening of emunah to get back for those branches or those souls to get back to its source is only for a moment because the yetzara spreads itself over this opening of emunah so that those neshamot which are really not fitting to get close to this neshama don't come close. And it's just, as we explained with regard to the Zohar, of those neshamot that aren't fitting to be buried in Eretz Yisrael, this inyan. So the Yetzirah surrounds itself over this petach of emunah, this opening of emunah, so that those nishamot which are not worthy to come close to this holy soul, do not come close. But Rabbeinu says, afterwards it opens up. So they, they are not able to enter. But afterwards, once these nishamot go away, once they can enter, the opening returns, and um, it's open as if, uh, like at the beginning. And when there is, God forbid, lots and lots of blemishes, 
that through those blemishes there's tremendous koach uh, to that um, to those klipot that surround this opening. To spread itself over this door, so that they don't allow people to enter. Then we fear, and we worry. In general, everyone worries that um, the door might close forever. Through the fact that this evil force is really. Um, overpowering this door and it has tremendous strength to surround this holy soul. Then we put a God-fearing person at the entrance. So then what do we do once we are worried that this door might never open again because there's so many blemishes from the branches that the Yetzirah is surrounding itself over this soul so that even the opening of faith cannot open again. So what do we do? Rabbanu tells us we must place a Yeresh a man who, is fear, who has fear of heaven, at the entrance of this closed door. So that he himself, or what do they do? They place a, um, a man of, who has fear of heaven at the entrance so that no one enters. He's actually effective. Um against the klipa um, which surrounds this door. Meaning what? When there's so many blemishes from the branches, what we do is we put a, a man who has at the entrance. And even though it seems that on the surface level no one can enter because he won't allow even those neshamot that aren't worthy to enter, nonetheless, the klipa which will come try to surround this door will not be able to surround itself. Will not be able to surround this door of Emuna because it's not able to spread itself over this this door, this entrance. Because of the fact that there's a man with Yirat Shamayim that's standing there. But through Mesirat Nefesh, soul sacrifice, when a person sacrifices his soul in order to travel and to draw close to the to the Tzadik, the true Tzadik, through this, you're able to attach yourself to him. But it's impossible that the tzaddik will enlighten this person with wisdom, meaning the mind itself. Um, shall speed up the redemption generally and specifically. Obviously, this lesson is very deep. It's going to continue right now. Um, but we see this idea of Mesirut Nefesh. Sacrificing your soul in order to travel to the tzaddik and draw close to the tzaddik, and only there are you able to, to attach yourself to the tzaddik, this holy neshama, which has tremendous um, difficulty to get into. But um, when you have this misirut nefesh, you're able to pass this man with tirat shamayim and to enter this door of emuna. Ayin bezor truma, look in the zor truma, in the Pardes Rimonim of the Ramak, Sharat Murot, in this gate of Tmurot, he exchanges, Perek Bet, Be'ar'a Kadisha, it says over there that in the Holy Land, in Eretz Yisrael, Mittakna Kola, everything is rectified, Vechule, etc. Ayen Sham Etev, Mashekatuv Sham. Rabbanu says, delve deeply over there what is written, Prisa Kadisha, thin curtain, Shenifras Alapetach, that is spread over the opening. Rabbanu is telling us that this is exactly what we're talking about above. That Piyasod Anar, who are Bichinad Yerai Shamayim, 
And upon what we said, the secret up above, this is what we're talking about. This, this is an aspect of the man with the fear of heaven. What's this thin curtain that's spread over the entrance? This is the man who has Yirat Shamaim that we talked about that stands at the entrance so that the Kripot cannot come and spread itself over the opening of Emunah. And only one with Mesirut Nefesh to travel to Tzadik can get there. Shehu Bechinat Prisa Kalisha, this man with Yirat Shamaim is this thin curtain. Mechamuach Sham Bazor and it's brought in the Zohar over there. Le Me'al Yifshach. Entry is impossible. To enter is impossible. But, and also the evil forces are impossible to enter and to spread itself over this opening because of this thin curtain. So the, the thin curtain is man who stands at the entrance of this door with emuna, which leads you into this holy soul. And over there he prevents the kripa from spreading itself over the entrance and from any unworthy person from getting inside. The only person who can get inside is the person with misirut nefesh to travel or to attach himself to the tzaddik. Um, look over there and this is exactly literally what is written above in this lesson with regard to this man with fear of heaven and Rabbeinu says if you look very deeply you're going to understand wonders look in the book Tuva Aret Le Rabbi Natan um Shapira, I believe. That over there it speaks also about the idea of Eretz Yisrael and understand this thing to compare one thing to another. You can understand over there and compare what it said over there to what is written here. Because everything is um, is one with what Rabenu just mentioned. So Rabenu is saying what he's saying here is. Um, the secret about what all the Zohar and the Pardes and what Rabbi Nathan um, Shapira is writing in all these Farim with regard to this opening that is a thin curtain and um, etc. that doesn't allow anyone to enter. And uh, this is what Rabbi was telling us. That uh, may we have the merit to do Mesirun Nefesh, travel to the Tzaddik, attach ourselves to the Tzaddik in order to allow ourselves to enter this opening of Emunah and draw us close to this holy Neshama. So, Bezrat Hashem.